Welcome back to the Gobble em Up podcast, an official podcast of the Fifth Quarter Network, presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Now, here's your host, Carter Hill. And hello, Hokies, and welcome back to episode 52 of the Gobble em Up podcast, a part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Do you need a new or pre-owned car? If so, head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. I drive a Mazda around town and I absolutely love it. So if you want to shake things up, go get you a Mazda. Duncan will take care of you over there on 460 Business in Blacksburg. You can find some of their new and pre-owned selection of vehicles at DuncanMazda.net. So check them out if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, we thank you all so, so much for joining us. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, go ahead and subscribe and give us a rating. We would so greatly appreciate that. Well, we got the Battle of the Techs this weekend. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. And joining us today is going to be Bryce Kuhn, who covers Georgia Tech football for for 247 Sports. And he's going to be coming on to preview the Hokies and Yellow Jackets from historic Bobby Dodd Stadium down in Atlanta. So, Bryce, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Historically, the battle for the Coastal, but not so much this season between these two squads. Yeah, first off, Carter, appreciate you having me on to talk about this. Yeah, this uh, this year it's a little bit different. Um, I've heard some people say it's called the, should be called the battle to be bowl eligible uh, this season. So both teams – uh, trying to get past that mark. I know Virginia Tech has a tough schedule the rest of the way. Uh, they're about to start a brutal run. Georgia Tech uh, has a nice little home slate before kind of ending it with Notre Dame and the boys over in Athens, the Georgia Bulldogs ranked number one in the country. So this game's important for both teams, even though, like you said, it doesn't really have uh, coastal you know, implications necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, back in the heyday, between you know the the heyday of both Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech football, obviously both those squads were competing for ACC titles. You know Paul Johnson at the helm for quite some time, obviously Coach Beamer in Blacksburg. So now they're rebuilding. You know Jeff Collins is at the helm after taking over, coming from Temple. You know how would you describe Georgia Tech's season so far, and, and where are they in year three in the Collins era down in Atlanta? This season, I would describe as being a roller coaster. Um, Georgia Tech has alternated wins and losses every single week. So inconsistently, or there's been inconsistency, I should say, um, with the way they've played. They look like world beaters when they hosted North Carolina, who was still a top 25 team at the time. They've looked like a team that couldn't get out of its own way against a team from the MAC in Northern Illinois. So, you know, it, it begs the question of the fan base is ready, uh, especially with – I always say this, Carter, and for your listeners as well, with Georgia Tech so interesting because you talked about Jeff Collins year three. The fan base is so ready to have the success that it sees schools around them having. And you're based out of – we're based out of Atlanta here, and, you know, you have a school 60 miles to your east that's – arguably the odds-on favorite to win the national championship and your arch rival. You have Alabama that's three hours west of you. You have Auburn, Tennessee. You know, you're surrounded by programs that are on the up-and-up and and programs that are already currently the best in the country. So the need and the desire and the hunger to be great is there. Um, This season's been a little up and down. We've seen why I think this team can take a step in the right direction this season, why I feel like they already have uh, here in year three under Collins. But don't get me wrong, it's – 
year three on paper for Jeff Collins, but I would necessarily maybe call this year one. And the reason I say that is you have to have a year zero. Jeff Collins had that two seasons ago back in 2019. All of Paul Johnson's recruits uh, didn't have his guys in there. Year And his year two, when he's supposed to be introducing his guys, is COVID. So he breaks in a true freshman quarterback. It's the wackiest offseason ever. You don't get the type of game planning and meeting time that you normally would get with freshmen and young players. And you saw the results last year. They've won three games. This season, there's been signs of improvement. There's been glimpses of what this team can be. They're still very, very young. And I, I've, I've cautioned some of the fans, say, listen, Jeff Collins, I know that you know a lot of people are to the point here in two and a half years in where it's a little bit uh, can seem like coach speak of what's being said. But, man, from where this team was, their philosophy, their identity, this is much different than taking arguably to me what you know happened up at Virginia Tech and Justin Fuente. This is a culture change. This is a you know regime philosophy change happening at Georgia Tech. So you, it's hard to compare this really to a lot of other rebuilds. And you know I think there's things this season that you can scratch your head at, but you also can say, man, this is a lot better than two years ago or a year ago under Jeff Collins. You know, you really touched on it throughout the majority of that question. You talked about, you know, this is a team that had to convert from the triple option just a little over two and a half seasons ago and, you know, still seems to be rebuilding, you know, the Yellow Jackets. They're a lot more competitive, like you talked about, certainly not in coastal contention yet. And you did kind of answer this question a little bit, but overall, you know, what is the fan base's temperature on Mm -hmm. Jeff Collins and going forward for Georgia Tech and and what's your overall take on, on, on that one? Yeah, that, that is to me, man, it's it's something that's interesting. It's fluctuated. Listen, there's no doubt that if you're going to play football, especially in the state of Georgia and compete with the teams that recruit out of this state, you've got to be able to recruit. And I think fans have been happy with the way that Jeff Collins has recruited. Uh, the problem is, is that when you recruit these young guys, the jump from high school to college is so hard. And rarely do we see players that make an immediate impact. Now, Georgia Tech's had some guys like that, Jameer Gibbs, the running back, and Jeff Sims, the quarterback, which I'm sure we'll talk about throughout this podcast. But other guys where they really need it all along the offensive line are still learning the game. And I think that when you say the temperature of the fan base, listen, it's it's really it's really tough to stomach when that, that loss last weekend to Virginia, even though – You gave up 47 points or 48 points. You still had a chance to win the football game. Um, And and so it's one of those things that I I think the majority of the fan base realizes that, listen, this is a process. Georgia Tech's getting the pieces in there, but the real big pieces are still being developed. And so now it's he recruits well. How do these guys develop? In three, four years, what are we saying about this program? I mean, this is a team right now that is just itching to get to a bowl game and they're three wins away right now, and this weekend is a big one. And unusually, you know, these teams haven't played in, in two seasons. First time that's happened since Virginia Tech has joined the ACC, obviously, you know, as a result of the weird COVID schedule in 2020. Two years ago, the Hokies routed Georgia Tech down in Atlanta 45 to nothing. Do you sense that at all being a motivating factor this week for the Yellow Jackets? Yeah, it's funny you say that. I actually got done writing an article um, a little bit ago, earlier today, actually, 
of uh, what senior defensive tackle Jimon Brooks said. Uh, he's been around the program for Georgia Tech for some time. This is his fifth season, so he's played under both regimes. And he said today, that's definitely some of the film they watched from that 45-0 home loss back in 2019. They wanted to set the mentality for some of the guys that weren't there um, when this loss happened two seasons ago of what's coming up for this upcoming weekend. And they're excited about the competition. Listen, I know this team is sporting a 3-4 and four record, but they're not afraid whatsoever of you know what they have potentially in front of them. Um, I, I don't think that they really necessarily fear anybody on the schedule. But those seniors, those four fifth-year guys, they remember, even the third-year guys, they remember what it was like to walk you know, back into their own home locker room after getting blanked. And that's, a, that's some, it's, it's something different to get shut out in your home field. And so that was kind of the consensus, but that was one quote that, you know, uh, stood out to me. And if you go back and look at the stats, Carter, I mean, it wasn't even close. It was uh, – Hokies outgained Georgia Tech 461 to 134. Uh, the farthest Georgia Tech got into Virginia Tech territory that night was on the 41-yard line, and it was the final possession of the game. And I imagine that was probably some second- and third-teamers for the Hokies that were on the field at that time. And that was the first time that Tech had been shut out at home since 1997 which was it broke a 283-game streak. So, yes, to answer your question, there's a sense of uh, revenge factor. You don't want to harp on that too much, but I think it does motivate the guys because you want to be respected. Uh, and that was a loss that across the uh, conference loss that you can't lose games like that and expect to be respected by your opponents. And even if Georgia Tech goes up to Blacksburg, and um, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, come even with them coming home from Blacksburg, I should say, uh, in Virginia Tech, even with Georgia Tech hosting this game, they want to – they want to defend home turf, and, and they want to prove that Bobby Dodd's a tough place to play in an environment that can rattle opponents. And then personnel-wise, you know, for Georgia Tech, just looking from the outside in, poor defensively, strong in areas to a degree offensively. Is that a fair assessment? Ooh, yes, that is. That is uh, that's pretty good. I, I know you've done your homework then because – Offensively, man, this team has some of the best skill position depth, I think, in the conference. Um, from running back room with Jameer Gibbs, who to me is going to be an all-ACC back. Uh, wide receiver, Kyrat McGowan, the transfer from Northwestern, Malachi Carter, uh, they've got Donicus Sanders. They've got some serious weapons. And at quarterback, they've got a guy that I think has the potential to be, a, by the end of his career, an all-ACC type. That's his potential. I'm not saying that's where he is right now. But the key for Georgia Tech is in the interior on the offensive line. Can they protect them? So far, they've not shown the ability to do that, and that's been kind of their uh, their Achilles heel offensively. And then you talk about defensively, man, it's it's baffling. I did a film study earlier this week about the secondary. If there's one thing that Georgia Tech fans are scared of, it's that Virginia Tech is going to have a field day throwing the ball. And it was surprising coming into the season because you had, on the back end, you had a senior, a junior, a junior, and another junior. You had veteran guys back there that were getting beat. That's concerning. Um, so the defense has got to take a step up. They've got to get pressure on Virginia Tech. They've got to show that front seven can do some things. But, man, it's it, it's been tough because every single time you feel like Georgia Tech does something right, they do something wrong. We're a long ways away now from the North Carolina game where they tallied 10 tackles for loss in the first half. Um, you can't go off of that anymore. You've got to kind of make a statement. So, yeah, your assessment's right. They have weapons in isolated areas offensively. The offensive line holds them back right there. Defensively, it's they, they've got to get some consistent contribution from somewhere. Historically, for Virginia Tech defensively, 
you know, even in the Bud Foster days and now in the Justin Hamilton days as well, their kryptonite has been a quarterback that can run the football. Do you see Jeff Sims being a guy that can cause issues for Virginia Tech on Saturday afternoon? You know, I certainly do. Uh, I, I believe and feel that in order to be successful, Georgia Tech's going to have to establish the run. Listen, they're not a team that wants to go back and throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. Now, I know that's what Jeff Sims has ended up in a tally at some points. He can do that, but it's more out of need, not not what they want to do. So the big thing for me is establishing the quarterback run. Listen, the quarterback draw with Jeff Sims, we've seen that go 50 yards for a touchdown, 25 yards here, 17 here, 13 here. He has that playmaking ability. I guarantee you that's something that Georgia Tech has identified and they're going to try to do. But like I said, it's going to come down to the offensive line. If if they can't do anything, it's going to be a long day offensively for Georgia Tech. They're going to have to establish the run. Talking with some fans, talking with some people around the program, Sims has the playmaking ability to be a true true dual-threat quarterback. You combine that with a very talented backfield and Jameer Gibbs, Dante Smith, Jordan Mason, Jamias Griffin, Bruce Jordan Swilling. I mean, that's four or five deep right there that I just mentioned. They have the weapons to be able to use to establish the run game, and Jeff Sims will be a big part of that. And you talked about, obviously, Georgia Tech struggles defensively. It's no secret that Virginia Tech has one of the worst offenses in the ACC to many surprise coming into the season. You know, we saw them burst onto the scene, you know, last week putting up 36 points, but even though the Yellow Jackets have struggled on that end of the ball this year, because you have, you know, a team like the Hokies coming in, would you say that matchup favors Georgia Tech defensively, or would it sway more towards the Hokies on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because for in order for Virginia Tech to be successful, I think that they have got to find that consistency running the football. Um, if if they can do that, then they have the ability to keep Georgia Tech's offense off the field and. I think it's what it's going to come down to. Um, if you look, and I know Hokie fans can't stand uh, the, the Cavaliers, but may want to take a playbook out of what Virginia did last week. Ran the ball for 240 yards against this Yellow Jacket defense. It resulted in a 48-40 win. Virginia Tech needs to try to adopt that because it's going to be something very, very interesting. Malachi Thomas is going to have to have a big day. Uh, for Virginia Tech in this one. I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what it does because, like you said, both offenses struggle to move the change. chains. Georgia Tech, I'll, I'll one-up you here. Georgia Tech is last in the ACC in third-down conversion. Doesn't do a good job of controlling the clock, and their run defense is really hit or miss. If it's miss and Virginia Tech has it working, to me i got to give the advantage to the Hokies in that aspect because Georgia Tech has just not shown me enough consistency to really put faith in them that way. Certainly uh, seems up for grabs for sure. You mentioned Malachi Thomas, you know, Virginia Tech's, I mentioned the offense, but the run game especially has been very lackluster all season long. It seems like, you know, after trying out Raheem Blackshear and Jalen Holston and, and, and Keyshawn King, it's Malachi Thomas, who is a Georgia native, by the way. So it probably should be, a, or it will be a fun game for him, I'm sure. And Raheem Blackshear, those are going to be your two guys in the backfield for Virginia Tech, it looks like. So it definitely seems like with what the Yellow Jackets have, they will have to come ready to play on Saturday afternoon for sure. We talked, you know, about, you know, fringe guys in the personnel for both teams and who is really going to make the biggest difference. For fans that don't 
really follow Georgia Tech. Who is a guy on either side of the ball that most people wouldn't talk about that really could have a direct impact in this game for the Yellow Jackets? Yeah, I'd like to start offensively with that one. And, you know, a lot of guys get love in this offense, but Dante Smith to me has emerged as a real weapon out of the backfield. If you look at the depth chart, he's third, but Georgia Tech has loved to use him uh, in third down situations, uh, the ability to go out for the pass. He has emerged as a very big weapon for Dave Patno, the offensive coordinator in this offense. Look to see him get the ball. Georgia Tech wants to establish the run because, listen, if Georgia Tech starts to get into a rhythm, that's when we see Sims feel more comfortable. And what that means is that you're rolling out Mason, Gibbs, and Dante Smith. And as a defense, man, that's tough to handle because you got to stay on the field and Georgia Tech keeps rotating a fresh back end. So Dante Smith, for me, is going to be a big guy to keep an eye on in this one. Uh, going over to the de- defensive side, it's almost a combination for me. It's two freshmen. Uh, one of them is a super freshman, we'll say. The other one is an actual true freshman. I've uh, along the defensive line, Jared Ivey and Zeke Biggers. Let's, listen, Georgia Tech has struggled to get interior pressure all season long. Uh, these guys, in my opinion, are some of the most talented guys on the roster in doing that. They're just young. They're still learning the game. Uh, Jared Ivey, we've seen him come on and, and make some big impacts uh, throughout this season. Zeke Biggers is a massive human being. We're talking about a guy that's like 6'5", 6'6", I'm sorry, like three, three, over 300 pounds. Like this is a, this is a massive, massive man. Uh, that is just a 17-year-old man. He literally just turned 18, I think, three or four weeks ago. So for those guys to have an impact would be huge. They've got to be guys that I think could could potentially provide a spark for a defense that is a little bit on its heels and struggling with its identity, not a place you want to be at this point in the season. Well, the Hokies are going to have to rebound defensively for sure and build off of last week offensively. It's going to be, you know, two inconsistent teams down in Midtown in this one battling for, you know, a bowl game, which, you know, to Virginia Tech fans, that's not going to make them happy. Georgia Tech fans may be a little bit more encouraged. But with that, you know, you've you've talked about it, but what are your keys to the game for both sides? And, and what, you know, does either team have to do to win the game? And then if we could get your pick, go for it. Yeah, um, I'll say this. Virginia Tech is a team that, to me, does a whole lot of things right but still finds a way to lose. And I know that might be tough for fans to to stomach right there. But the offense is too inconsistent. Uh, Their passing game has gone completely missing at some points in the season. So I think getting back, even with last week's outburst against Syracuse, their offense is going to have to have the ability to, you know, be consistent. If they can find a rhythm in Atlanta, I, I think Virginia Tech could, could do some big things. And then I'll even go as far, because I think Georgia Tech's offense is going to be able to move the ball. Um, I think they're going to have success. They're playing at home. They haven't played at home in almost a month. You know, it's homecoming. But I'm going to go defense for Georgia Tech. The key for them is to be consistent defense. I mean, what I mean is creating negative plays, creating turnovers. They've got to get back to playing this seemingly like they played against North Carolina. It was almost high risk, high reward. Um, and, and they were rewarded more often than not against the Tar Heels. So I think if they can convert and, and make some big plays early on in the game, it's almost like what I just said. The two things that need to happen for each team are going to be consistent offense versus a consistent defense for Georgia Tech. And going into my pick with that, you know, I think that both teams need this game. Like I said earlier, Virginia Tech is starting a brutal final run of four road games in the last five. 
Georgia Tech is starting a nice little stretch of three home games in their last five, but like I said, they have a hard cap at the end with Notre Dame and Georgia. Both teams desperately need this, but I think Georgia Tech finds a way to squeak it out. I think the inconsistencies of Virginia Tech's offense, I just think it's going to be who can who's more inconsistent. I think I trust Georgia Tech's offense a little bit more, and maybe Georgia Tech's defense you know, at home, it makes the difference. I'm going to say Georgia Tech, but it's very close, very close in this one. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, battle of inconsistencies. Biggest question mark game of the year, for me at least, in terms of who to pick, I'll give my pick later. But final question for you, this isn't even about the game. For the Hokies that are going down to Atlanta this weekend, you know, where do they got to grub this weekend? Where What, what do they got to check out? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Hokie fans, uh, you picked a great weekend. Uh, Atlanta Braves are hosting their first World Series since 1999. Atlanta is going to be packed. Um, if you're flying or driving down, man, uh, I would encourage you, if you're making a weekend out of it, you need to head over to the Battery, which is about 20 minutes uh, northeast or northwest of 15, 20 minutes with traffic northwest of uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium and around Georgia Tech. Go check out the Braves. You can hang out in the Battery. They've got a lot of nice, cool restaurants, uh, bars to hang out in and watch the games. Uh, and so, obviously, it's going to be great there. Um, to just, I think just in general, uh, just make yourself uh, available to that and in all the restaurants. You can look that up. At, I think it's thebatteryatlanta.com. But it's, it's a great weekend. I mean, I know Georgia Tech fans are excited. I've talked with fans that are tailgating all weekend. You know, they're going to watch the, you know, uh, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech game, and then get ready to watch the Braves that night. And so it's a crazy sports weekend. Couldn't have picked a better one if you're a Hokie fan to come out. If it's your first time in Atlanta, you definitely need to make sure to try to head over towards uh, Truist Park and uh, see what the Braves, if you made a weekend out of it, that's for sure. No, yeah, I'm fired up about being down there while the Braves, you know, are playing in the World Series. I was was rooting for them for the majority of the playoffs because I knew it could be a possibility. So, no, I'm definitely fired up about it. Now, I, I think I'm going to check out the varsity. I haven't eaten there in quite some time. The few times I have been to Georgia Tech, I've eaten on or I've eaten at the Waffle House, either on or near campus, and I feel like I'm going to go back yeah. there. I don't know if you've ever eaten at that Waffle House right there. I know the Waffle House is a huge thing down there and, and with <laughs> Jeff Collins, but but that, that Waffle House down there by Georgia Tech, I no joke think that is the best Waffle House and really best breakfast I've ever had. So that will definitely be where I am around 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, but That is Bryce Coon with 247 Sports, who covers Georgia Tech football. Bryce, thanks so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate you previewing this matchup. I appreciate it. Uh, For all the Hokie fans listening, man, enjoy your trip to Atlanta. Uh, I know that uh, Virginia is still somewhat – there's some Braves fans up there, so you're still considered Braves country by our our, our thoughts. So, man, we're excited to have you all in town and uh, what should be a – Hopefully an exciting football game that, uh, you know, a stadium that's packed out homecoming for Georgia Tech. I know Virginia Tech will travel well as as well. So it's going to be a fun one. Appreciate you, Carter, for reaching out and doing this. And, uh, man, it's going to be a fun one on Saturday. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. You know, I I did – you know, I was tempted to check SeatGeek and StubHub for World Series tickets, but I was not willing to break the bank for a 900 buck ticket. But thank you so much for coming on. We'll have more coming up next.
And a big thanks to Bryce Kuhn covering Georgia Tech football for 247 Sports for coming on to help preview the Battle of the Techs, the Hokies and Yellow Jackets from historic Bobby Dodd Stadium on the campus of Georgia Tech in downtown Atlanta. Well, now I'm going to give my take on it to close out episode 52 of the Goblin Up podcast. And here's the thing, Justin Fuente, he's going to continue to keep trying to fight for his job in Midtown this weekend when his three and four Hokies, one and two in the ACC, take on the three and four Yellow Jackets who come in with a two and three conference mark. Now, Virginia Tech, they're coming off that devastating 41 to 36 loss to Syracuse in Lane Stadium. It was really one of the most heartbreaking games that Lane Stadium has seen in recent history. I mean, people think about Boston College back in 2007 off the top of my head, 2008 with Matt Ryan, where they scored 14 points in the last three minutes to beat us. And, you know, the, the stakes were higher then, and Tech ended up beating Boston College in the ACC championship later on that year. But Similar thing happened on Saturday afternoon. Not, I actually wasn't at the game. I was at a wedding in Milwaukee, but I did get to tune in for majority of it. And, you know, just kind of looked like the same old stuff. You know, there's always something that is going to go wrong. You know, the, the defense for Virginia Tech has been so stout all year long. The offense has been horrendous. And the Orange come to town and the offense decides to show up and the defense decides not to. And that was pretty much, you know, the story, it, it felt inevitable that Virginia Tech was going to lose that game. Even, you know, when they went up nine, I, I was feeling confident, you know, Malachi Thomas, shout out to him, three touchdowns, 151 yards. I believe he's the first true freshman in Virginia Tech or first true freshman since 1986 to rush for three touchdowns for the Hokies. After they went up nine, I was thinking, okay, you know, I, I think Tech's going to pull it off. And then they give up the big kick return, which was the longest kick return, not only in Justin Fuente's tenure in Blacksburg, but in his entire 10 seasons as a head coach. It was a pretty poor time for that to happen. That gives Syracuse a spark. They end up finding their way into the end zone, and Tech can't get the first down that they need. And you now the rest was history. Nothing's going right for Virginia Tech. Garrett Schrader drops in a dime. Hasn't been able to throw the ball all year, especially after you know how or how he performed as well as Sean Tucker did on the ground. He drops in a dime uh, over over Dorian Strong. Had pretty good coverage on him. Was beat by a step though, and dropped it right in there after he was walloped as he was being walloped by Clemson transfer Jordan Williams. And Cuse walks out of Blacksburg with the victory. So now Virginia Tech's got to bounce back. You know, Justin Fuente, a lot of people think, you know, the writing's on the wall at this point, and there's nothing more he can do. If that's the case, he'll finish out the season, he'll coach the UBA game in Charlottesville, and then he'll pack his bags. Now, if that still has not been decided, he's still fighting for his job, and it would be a nice first step to get a victory down at Georgia Tech to even up your record at 4-4 four and four overall. Do I have a lot of confidence in that? Confidence, excuse me, in that. You know, we'll see. I don't have much confidence in anything right now, but I don't have a lot of confidence in Georgia Tech either. But we'll get into that later in the show. Really, to show you, you know, how how much Virginia Tech has struggled to score twenty three point seven points per game, and really the outlier was you know Syracuse thirty six, and then. Middle Tennessee, 35, everything else has been pretty lackluster. And then there has been some defensive scores and some special team scores mixed in there as well. Georgia Tech, their offense, 30.1 points per game. We kind of already touched on 
what they can do on that side of the ball. But for Virginia Tech, you know, there's a lot of question marks, and really no one has any idea what to expect this Saturday because this Virginia Tech team has been as inconsistent as you possibly could find in a college football team, really. Really the most inconsistent football team at Virginia Tech that I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, 2015 had its moments, but you had a quarterback switch with Michael Brewer and Brendan Motley. I guess you could say 2014, same way. You beat Ohio State and then turn around and lose to East Carolina. But overall, I mean, as far as a you know performance standpoint and as far as what both sides of the ball have been up to, I think I easily got to give it to this 2021 Virginia Tech team. Now, here's the questions. We talked about it a little bit with Bryce. Can Virginia Tech build off of their solid offensive showing last weekend against the Orange? You know, put up 36 points. They rushed for 260 yards last week. A lot of that had to do with the aforementioned Malachi Thomas, 151 yards on the ground on 21 carries and three touchdowns. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry. Now, Raheem Blackshear is still very much involved as well. 10 carries, uh, 78 yards. Did average 7.8 yards per carry. So a solid showing for him as well. Those are your two guys at the running back position now for Virginia Tech. I don't think we're going to see too much of Jalen Holston and Keyshawn King anymore. I think it's going to be Raheem Blackshear and Malachi Thomas. And as I mentioned before, this is a huge game for him, true freshman from Georgia. He's going to want to show out on his basically home turf. He's from about an hour outside of Atlanta, if, if I'm correct, off the top of my head. So can that rushing attack for Virginia Tech continue to build off what they did last week? Can Braxton Burmeister, after his 10 for 20, 177-yard performance last weekend, can he, can he start to get on a little bit more of the same page with Trey Turner and Tavion Robinson? I don't know. It's extremely concerning, extremely concerning, excuse me, that we're seven games into the season and that still has not been figured out. And then on the other end, offensively, can, you know, guys like Tavion Robinson and Caleb Smith and Trey Turner, you know, pick a game wisely to put up a solid performance. I mentioned the inconsistencies. That whole group has been incredibly inconsistent as well. So is Burmeister. So can they, you know, pick the right afternoon to get on the same page uh, in addition to that rushing attack for Virginia Tech trying to continue what they did last week? And then defensively for Virginia Tech, can the Hokies rebound after their worst defensive performance of the season? It's no secret Virginia Tech had their best offensive showing last weekend, and they had their worst defensive showing. So can they put it all together? That's why you know I'm concerned uh, about this team going forward, and so is everyone else across the Hokie Nation. You know, I think you know you are who you are at this point, and it really just shows that you're not a really good football team, and Virginia Tech's not a very good football team. Now they're not a bad football team; they got talent, but they can't put it all together. And if you're too inconsistent, you're not a good football team. So can they finally, for one game, well, I. I you know, North Carolina to a degree. But can they finally put it all together for one game? Can the offense, can they put up 35 points? Can the defense, can they, you know, stop opposing offenses like they did like they did against North Carolina? You know, they did it in spurts against West Virginia. You know, did it against Middle Tennessee, Richmond, in spurts against Notre Dame. Pittsburgh, they had a solid showing, obviously not, you know, they played well enough to win the game. The offense didn't help them out. And then Syracuse, you drop a dud. So can everyone put it together at the same time? I don't know. We'll see. 
If they can do that, Virginia Tech's got a shot to be pretty good that day. But overall, they they are way too inconsistent to be able to say they're a very good football team. And uh, you know, we'll see if they go bowling this year. Right now, at three and four, I think this is a must win. Unless you somehow get rolling real fast, I think this is a must win in order to you know strive towards bowl eligibility. Which you know, regardless if they win six games or if they win five, it's a disappointing season nonetheless. And Justin Fuente probably loses his job nonetheless. Now, can Jermaine Waller play? We'll see. Can he help out that Virginia Tech secondary after struggling last weekend? Time will tell. He did play a little bit last week against Syracuse, but just could not go in the second half, according to head coach Justin Fuente. Can, you know, the linebacking core, can they – Bounce back after a poor performance last week. Dax Hollifield and Alan Tisdale, it's pretty clear that they had their worst performance of the year, seemed out of position, unathletic at times. Can they bounce back and, and try to get after, a, you know, another mobile quarterback? You know, that's that's going to be a huge question mark. And then on the offensive side, like we talked about, can that Russian attack for Virginia Tech put together a solid game for the second straight weekend? And overall, can that Virginia Tech offense – can they really click like we've seen in spurts at times this year, but not to the degree that it needs to be. So I don't know, man, it's going to be an interesting one down in Atlanta. You know, I, I think this is, I, I feel like I say it every week, but this is my hardest one to pick all year. Two teams that are just incredibly inconsistent. I don't know. I just, I feel like I lean Virginia tech with no confidence at all, just because Georgia tech's defense just is not good at all. And if the Hokies can show even an inkling of what they did last weekend after coming off of a, you know, a near shutout performance against Pitt, then Tech, I think, will win the game. Now, obviously, if they perform like they did against the Panthers, it's going to be a rough afternoon in Atlanta. But if they can, you know, have anywhere close to the game they had last weekend, I think Virginia Tech will win this game. Offensively for Georgia Tech, they definitely have some play, playmakers like Bryce talked about. And I think Virginia Tech's defense will have some trouble stopping them at times, but I also think they will find it a little bit more. Like I said, I don't know, but I think I'm going to pick Virginia Tech just sorely because of Georgia Tech's defense. I don't think they can stop anyone. And I think Virginia Tech will have a real shot to put up 30-plus points. And if that's the case, the Hokies should absolutely walk out of Midtown with a victory. And if they don't, there's some more issues. But that is going to do it, episode 52 of the Goblin Up podcast, a part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. We are glad to have another guest on this week, Bryce Coombe from 20, or 247 Sports. Excuse me. Thanks so much to him for coming on. We really, really appreciate his time. Like I said, we are glad to have a guest on and still kept this podcast relatively short. Hope you all have been enjoying the shorter podcast as well. Get your game day information as quick as possible. We'll be having some good content these next few weeks, obviously wrapping up the 2021 football season and then getting geared up for Mike Young's 2021 to 2022 Hokies. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend, Hokies. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to episode 52 of the Gobble Em Up podcast presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg.